In this episode of The Full Nerd, Ryzen, APU, Radeon, GPU, Beast Canyon, and California PC Band. Real janky way of doing it, but I did it. Welcome to the episode 186 of The Full Nerd, which sounds really complicated the way I backed into that sentence, but <laughs> that is because my name is Gordon Mung, your host, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Alina Yee. Hey, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Hey, we're here. We're still in in the studio, still having, uh, you know... Some hiccups in uh, in production, but you know what? That that's the fun part. That's it's called job security, right? Then uh, <laughs> as, as long as things are still broken and I'm the only one who can fix it, I still have a job. Is that is that a good way of putting it? Yes, yes. So you're saying you're breaking it intentionally, so you have a job because that's the way you do it. That's how Scotty kept his job that whole time. Really? Yeah. The, he you I know mean, like he was like, oh yeah, it's gonna take hours to get the engines back online, Captain. <laughs> Yeah, he, he actually confessed to that in oh. Next Generation when oh, he goodness. was talking to uh, Jordy. He's like, you have to overestimate. So then you so, so look like a superstar when you come through and like <laughs> half the time. Jordy's like, what? No, I give my captain the real estimate. Yeah. Well, exactly. And actually he confessed. Uh, and I just want to point this out because the Star Trek nerds will get angry. But uh, Star Trek 3, Search for Spock is where he first confessed that. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. Kirk goes, uh, how long is it going to take to fix the Enterprise? Like, it's going to take, you know, two weeks, but you don't have two weeks, so it'll take about an hour and a half. <laughs> I like I that. Scotty's your contractor. He's just your contractor. <laughs> well, it's probably $5,000. Ooh, uh, it's hard to get lumber right now. It's going to take a while. <laughs> well, you know, we came under budget. We came under budget. It was $4,789. So, whoa, hey, you saved me money. You're a hero. And I know I said take, you know, four weeks and only take uh, three weeks. You know, that's... Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, now I'm learning all these new tricks. I'm, I'm going to have to start doing that, you know. Yes. Like, oh, you know, you can expect the full nerd at, uh, at, at 1030, but actually we went live at 1050. Whoops. Uh, it worked the other way, wrong way. Uh, yeah, dang it. All right. Well, you know what you can expect is some new hardware to get launched, uh, even though everybody's angry about it, right? Right? I, you know, I haven't read, but I just, I, that's why I'm just going to sense in the force that um, there's probably anger. But I, do we want to go with Radeon first or do we want to go with uh, APUs? Uh, let's go, let's go with, let's go with the, the, the let's go with the 5600 uh, XT because I, we, we kind of already talked about it a little bit when the, uh, the leaks came out and, and obviously, you know, there, there's more to talk about it hopefully once reviews hit. So. I'm sorry. 5600 60, XT is last year. I'm sorry. 6600 uh, XT. Yeah. Spoilers. I just yeah. broke embargo yeah. for the 5600 I'm sure the pricing XT. is better though. <laughs> yeah. So this year's news is the Radeon RX 6600 XT. Uh, which is the 5600 XT successor, as you can tell by the name. Uh, it's also targeting epic 1080p experiences. Uh, AMD in the briefing with reviewers was, you know, talking up how many gamers love ultra fast uh, monitors these days, which is true. You should definitely more frames are better. Uh, based on a new Navi 23 GPU, so a smaller GPU than ever. Uh, Looks like it kicks butt. Uh, as far as it, what it says it's going to do, uh, they say it's going to be up to 15% faster than the RTX 3060 in you know, a various of 
games with resizable bar on on both smart access memory on AMD's name for resizable bar uh, across, you know, whatever, 10 different games or something like that. 15% faster on average. Uh, they say it is up to 1.4 times faster than the 5600 XT it's replacing, so 40% faster. Uh, again, it looks like they stuck to modern games, I guess people are calling them these days, DirectX 12, stuff like that. Uh, and 2.5x faster than the GTX 1060, 6 gigabyte, which is the most played, you know, uh, graphics card on Steam. The elephant in the room about all those comparisons is that while the 5600 XT launched at $279, uh, this card is launching at $379. So a whole lot more. Uh, the GTX 1060 also launched around 260 So yeah, the uh, mid-range costs a whole lot more now than it did a year ago, basically. Uh, AMD has reasons for it. You know, obviously everything pandemic-related is still going on. Logistics suck right now. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. All these companies are warning that, you know, they're having troubles finding the supplies to actually make the components, like the substrates for chips and stuff like that. Uh, and right now, there's actually a big issue with GDR6 RAM prices. That's what AMD specifically mentioned to me, saying they've doubled in price from the first quarter to the third quarter. So, wow. It sucks. It's $100 more. Uh, I'm worried that this is going to stick around after this generation and this is going to be a reset even once all this happens. For right now, the pricing makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it's $100 more. There won't be an AMD reference card. It launches on, I forget, August 10th or 11th. It's going to launch uh, with a variety of AIB boards. So you'll have all the custom boards, all the usual suspects, XFX, Sapphire, Asus, stuff like that. You won't be able to get uh, AMD reference card. They're not going to be making those. So that means there won't be uh, a reference card selling for the MSRP on the AMD site as sort of an anchor, like there are with the rest of the Radeon boards, <laughs> which is kind of ominous sounding. Uh, I was speaking with the Radeon product manager, and he did stress that, you know, these board partners are going to have models that at least going into Newegg and Best Buy, all these retail places have the $379 price point. Uh, pretty much everywhere but Best Buy is probably going to mark that up significantly, uh, just going off past launches. And, you know, we've seen that with prior launches. I think they said this, NVIDIA said the same thing with 3060. There will be $330 cards, and there were a few, but they were available in very, very limited quantities when board makers focus more on the big expensive cards so that way they make more money because everyone's willing to charge more money and pay more money right now so yeah it looks like a cool card uh the price is a bummer the price of everything is a bummer right now uh this is no different why do you i i mean in the past amd sort of said we're gonna continue to do reference cards as sort of like help give people a bone what do you think is motivation for skipping it this time is it I know they don't do it on the low end. Is this actually considered a lower end card, I guess? That's kind of the crazy part to me. I mean, it's 2021, and this is a $380 card, and we're talking about 1080p gaming. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, actually, is that 
its Infinity Cache. The Infinity Cache is the on-die L3 memory that RDNA 2 GPUs uh, keep right on the die so that they can do a lot of the memory stuff without having to actually go all the way out to memory. Uh, it's been letting them put smaller memory buses on the cards, uh, which greatly improves efficiency. It's, you know, big part of RDNA 2. Uh, they dramatically reduced it for this card because they are targeting 1080p with this card. Uh, I forget what size it is. 30 megabytes, 32 megabytes, something like that, but a lot smaller than the other ones. So the the most interesting thing to me to be the test is, because it only has 128-bit bus, whether or not you can actually play 1440p very good or if it's going to get memory choked bandwidth choked because of that oh. bus so well that that would kind of have suck. to see huh yeah well would i mean it using something like fsr would that and then upscaling to 1440p or 4k would that I'm, still choke it or uh it'll i'm not even sure it's gonna happen one hmm. you're gonna have to test it and see True. uh two it'll depend very much from game to game uh, and there are ways to get around it doing stuff like that, but FSR is obviously game-dependent, like a game has to support it. So we're just going to have to see. I, I think they're t- saying this is 1080p for a reason. They designed the Infinity Cache in this one to be uh, hitting with a similar hit rate to the other cards at their resolutions. Here we go. So the 6900 XT and 6800 series cards... They target 4K resolution, and they got 128 megabyte inf- infinity cache. The Radeon RX 6700 XT, uh, 1440p resolution, got a 96 megabyte cache. Uh, this one has 32 for its 1080p. So we'll have to see how that goes. Huh. I, but I guess I, I wonder if the math there is, you know, what this, we don't have a compute unit to even push really 1440 anyway, and... They sort of think the gravity is at 1080 anyway, so why, why waste yeah, it? Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I guess. Because, I mean, you would think a, you would think a four hundred dollar graphics card that can do high refresh rate 1080p gaming would do all right for sixty frames per second, fourteen forty p. So that's why I really am interested to see if that's the case here. Yeah, how I much? Would... I think this is going to be the first time we can truly see how much of a difference that Infinity Cash makes. <laughs> you can hop between the resolutions and you know i think what's also important too is if a 3060 is maybe a little bit slower at 1080 but actually does better at 1440 that's an opening and it feels like they wouldn't want to leave that opening for nvidia or i mean you know yeah yeah an interesting thing is funny they're comparing it in uh when they were talking to us amd uh they're comparing this card to the 3060 the 3060 obviously is priced much higher on the street Theoretically, let's talk about MSRP. That costs 330 bucks. So when AMD is like, hey, you know, this card is up to 15% faster than the 3060 in these games, that's actually 15% more cost, too. So it's not any better price to performance-wise for what it's worth. So just something worth noting. At 380 bucks, I'm actually going to test it more against the 3060 Ti, and I'm really curious to see how it compares there. Hmm. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because I feel like for everybody who was uh, looking to upgrade from a previous generation, like 60 class or, you know, equivalent, it's kind of a bummer, all this news, even without having the benchmarks in hand yet, where it's yeah. like, I feel, I remember talking like what, a few 
beginning of the year where we're, we, people are say, were asking us, hey, when are, when are we going to see cards in the more mid-range finally appearing for us? Is it going to be March and April? And we all said to them, like, no, we don't think we're going to see it till summer, which came true. Like, what are we... We're August now, right? Yep. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, it's going to be $100 more than you're expecting. And it might not give you the performance you were hoping for at that price point. It's like, it just yeah. seems like such heartbreak for everybody. It does. It's especially funny because uh, a few years back, AMD was making a big deal out of like 80% of cards are sold in the 100 to $300 price range. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the 60 class card for 379 It is what it is. It's going to sell. Uh, hopefully this actually alleviates the situation somewhat because these Navi 23 dies should be much smaller than the ones in the other cards. So they get a lot more of them per wafer. So there should hopefully be a lot more supply depending on how AMD handles everything. Uh, so fingers crossed there at least. Has the, I haven't really followed it too closely, but you know, I keep hearing predictions at 3060s or you know basically flooding the streets and like you find them in recycling bins is that any of that happened <laughs> no no i mean you can buy them but they still cost a ludicrous amount of money you, you you still you can't you can find them more frequently at proper retail sites they're still you like you say right now i want to go buy a 3060 there's no guarantee whatsoever that you'll be able to go buy a 3060 from best buy a new egg etc etc you are able to find them more regularly, at least on eBay, and more frequently on those sites. <laughs> Just not at a great price. I was I was uh, talking with Keith uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, and and trying to figure out who this is for because the like I I, I can't imagine too many people who are say on like a ten sixty like really upgrading for that price. Like this feels more like a hey, I'm new to PC gaming and I'm trying to get in on a the cheap newest thing. What 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 is your take on that, Brad? I don't know if I really have one at this point of the GPU shortage. <laughs> <laughs> like it it's all these cards are way more expensive than they used to be, and that's a big bummer. That used to be a strength of the PC. Uh, you know, you could build a console beater for a really good price and you could do your taxes on it. Now it's very much the opposite. Uh, at this point, if someone is looking to get into gaming, I would probably say, you know, go get an Xbox. Whoa, you know, wait, wait, there's wait, one wait. other thing you could do, too. Oh, oh no, come on. Words. Oh, no. <laughs> Chat's already already said it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a service you can use, I think, too. Yeah, Stadia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to switch it up for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I you know but I actually I I I disagree Adam I think if you're on a 1060 I mean that's a pretty ancient card it still is a pretty good card but if you could get this card at its MSRP that's well I mean the 1060s were 280 weren't they they were yeah. not $200 no, GPUs. No, they were 2 they were 260 or 280 I forget for yeah. the 6 gigabyte version but originally uh, they were they were sort of $300 cards yeah so, but this card still is a hundred dollars more. Like I, yeah. in my experience, at least people typically, unless they, you know, get a big promotion, they jump all the way to the high end. Usually people are like, okay, I ha I will spend up to, let's say $300 on a graphics card. You know, when it times to upgrade a couple years later, okay, what can I get for that same $300? Uh, and it's not the same now. But also <laughs> if you think about it, if, if you're still at 1080p and you're not upgrading your monitor at the same time, 
that 1060 actually isn't too bad. I, I've been using it for my, my gameplay like scaling videos and have been pretty surprised. Uh, especially I, I finished shooting a, a video on Chernobylite, a, a really awesome game. I've really been enjoying that. Probably my hit of the year so far. Uh, oh. And and it has FSR in it, uh, which I was able to run on the... I th- um, did I do 1060 low, or maybe I did 1660 super? I can't remember, but like having it on those lower end NVIDIA GPUs as well, like I was able to actually get pretty good performance. So you know, like yeah, I I, I think a lot of people are probably just like, eh, I'm just gonna wait this. I'm gonna hold on to what I got. Yeah, but I'm I mean, regardless, I I just think that same customer, you know, it's you know, memory prices have doubled. So I mean, I, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that that class what they would still consider buying it if if they really felt like they wanted to like if you bought a you know high refresh uh, rate panel and you wanted a little more over a 1060 then yeah it's a, it should be a big improvement like they said two and a half times so we'll see if that's true in testing but I'm sure it's you know these guys don't lie these companies don't lie in their marketing typically they show the best numbers but they don't lie in the numbers so hmm. Hmm. well the good news Brad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You, if you can't afford that GPU, you can buy a new APU. 2021's best GPU of the year? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Definitely maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Actually, somebody in the chat, I'm sorry, I, it scrolled past somebody was saying that, uh, oh, no, it was Ruru2, friend of the show Ruru2 said, I think integrated GPUs are the new mid-range <laughs> or, or entry. <laughs> yeah, right? I I would agree with you, to be honest. IGP is is a new entry level that never would, before you would have just bought, what, a $90, $150 card? That, mm-hmm. I don't even know if there are $150 cards anymore, so... Not that are just old cards, right? Well, what, what do we got? What do we got? We have two new CPUs, Ryzen 5000 G series. Uh, officially, of course, they've leaked. They've been out in OEM boxes already. People have already reviewed them, so there's not too much excitement. But these are the full retail parts, Ryzen 7 5700G, 8-core 16-thread, boost of 4.6 gigahertz, 20 megs of cache, 65-watt uh, um, TDP, and 8 CUs at 2 gigahertz. There's also a Ryzen 5 5600G 6-core 12-thread, SMTs on both of these, 4.4 boost, 19 megs of cache, 7 EU, so you step back 1 EU, 65-watt TDP. Uh, these are basically sort of uh, – oh, see, this is a problem with uh, this thing. Gordon. What? AMD uses CUs. Intel uses EUs. Just oh, so did know. I say that? I thought I said CUs. I was even looking at <laughs> oh, this. Oh, man. Busted. We don't have It's the, the same thing. They got it's the, the Big Mac. We got the, the Big Mick, right? That's that's a reference to coming coming to America, right? Yes. Yep. McDowell's. <laughs> I need a McDowell's t-shirt. I saw one the other day. Um, so, yeah. So, you step back one CU. Um, these are AM4 parts. Uh, they work in, I guess, five series and up motherboards. Uh, of course, the price is the one thing that I'm going to guess, knowing the internet, people are unhappy about. The Ryzen 7 5700G is 359 The Ryzen 5 5600G is 259 They will be available August 5th. We have some benchmark numbers, though, which is kind of cool. Wait, that, you reviewed this? I I reviewed it, but honestly, this what the cool thing is, we, we did an international effort. I had uh, logistics issues. And I had the CPUs, but I didn't have what I felt was a proper motherboard to test it in. That's fine. Um, 
So I leaned on our cousins, our German cousins. So this is PC Waltz numbers. Uh, all the tes- testing done by Sebastian. I, I'm going to mangle his last name. I think it's Schensinger. It's Schensinger, right? Okay, yeah. So Sebastian, Seabass is uh, is another one that you can use. It's a good one here for Raiders fans. Oh, man. He actually tested it. Um, we're going to walk through just, I told Adam and, and Brad and Elena, I'm only going to do five slides. But actually, some of these are combo slides. Yeah. I think I went to six. No, you sent ah, me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> Including that first slide that I just showed. Oh, you just showed that one. Okay, well, the eight. That's fine. We're going to go through it first. First one is Cinebench R23. Basically, Maxon's you know, latest uh, renderer test, 3D rendering. It is more of a stress test than it was before. Um, and that 5700G, and I want to point out again, these are essentially desktop versions of, of the Cezanne, uh, uh, which has just been a phenomenal CPU in laptops. We sort of see that moved into desktops. There's a key difference, more PCIe lanes, which on laptop, there's like eight PCIe lanes on the Ryzen's. These actually have 16, Gen 3, not not Gen 4, but hey, it's, it's more, which is a big improvement over the original uh, APUs, which had like, I don't know, like one, one half, and like one, <laughs> like, like Felt one like quarter, you know, like they're like, they got like, le- Intel had those leftover from those, uh, Skylake X with the, all the, the KB Lake X parts. They had like no PCIe on them. I, I guess that's where they, yep. that's what happened to them. Um, but a uh, Ryzen 750 700G, look at that. Cinebench, again, rendering test basically favors all cores, also, uh, CPUs that can hold, hold better to the thermals. Pretty phenomenal right there in the middle. Right. Uh, at 14336, single thread performance, also very, very respectable right there with most of the other 5,000 parts. Oh, uh, I do want to point out the key difference between desktop non-G parts. This part, this is a single chip design. Of course, the full non-G parts are, you know, multi-chip designs, um, obviously less PCIe, uh, also less cache in this as basically got about half the cache of the, uh, of the, of the true non-Gs, but it does relatively well. And it is right up there bumping right up against a core I nine 11, 900 K rocket Lake part. I would so say rocket lakes. That's, rocket that's lakes. what I was about to say. Yeah. It's got rocket Lake has a decent amount of performance, but I mean, that's a, it's still faster by a decent amount, but it's, you'd be embarrassed to have a, a lousy APU creeping up on you with your core. Ooh, I-9. Yeah. I do want to point out though, the way Sebastian runs his tests different than the way I do it. He basically disables PBO MCE runs, uh, DDR4 3200. I leave the boards in auto. I feel most people are going to run auto on both those modes. And I also run them at 3600. So, um, Rocket Lake definitely gets a nice bump when you, when you are running auto on MCE and at, at higher clocks. So actually my numbers put Rocket Lake ahead. It doesn't matter though. This is an APU creeping up on your i9 part. So that's embarrassing, especially because that is the top end <laughs> desktop i9 part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also single threading, of course, uh, i9 much better, but this Ryzen 7 5700G is a good part. Look at that. It's, it's well ahead of that, you know, six core 5600. This again is eight cores. It's an eight core Ryzen mobile part, less cash. Next one, handbrake. Um, Interesting, Sebastian Seabass does a ton of stuff. He basically takes a 12-gig file. It's a little different than our 12-gig file, runs it through Vimeo, YouTube, uh, preset. But still, this is Handbrake 1.33 uh, CPU, not running on the GPU, of course. 
and 5700G, look, awesomeness. I, I, frankly, I see this on laptops where, you know, AMD 5000 is, is just awesome in multi-threaded tests. It's awesome in handbrake, especially things that just kind of like take a long time to run, burn off some of those boost advantages of Intel. And it's right there. Look at that. This, right over this is, again. I think, yep. this is like people are probably going to complain about the price, like you said, but people have been asking for six th- six core, eight core APUs. This is what you've been asking for. This is what you got. And I, I find the results, you know, awfully impressive, actually. Yeah. No, I mean, they're really, they're really nice. And of course, you know, the big, the big cores win here. You know, the 12 and 16 cores are, are front, in front of everybody. But uh, next one is something more realistic. Uh, honestly, nobody's sitting there running Handbrake all day or Cinebench if you're a normal person. Uh, this is Adobe Photoshop. Uh, so this leans less on all of the core advantage that Ryzen has. The efficiency of the cores matter. The clocks matter. But, you know, AMD has actually done really well. This is Puget Bench uh systems uh it actually uses photoshop runs through a script spits out a score uh impressive of course that one two three finish of of ryzen desktop i mean that's just that says it all rocket lake though not looking bad those like one two three four like a, a and remember rocket lake is an eight core part and it is it is right up there and i also want to point out that photoshop push bench there's a gpu component computed into the overall score uh, Sebastian Seabass used a Radeon RX 6900 XT, I believe. So a pretty beefy GPU. Hmm. So that does make a difference, but the, the same GPU is used across all of these. But look at that, where that 5700G is. <laughs> it's number, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's definitely in that sort of second pack, but it is number five. So clearly it, it's a fast, a fast APU for what you're getting. Right. And look how at, much does the 5600X cost? 330 320 is that what it costs? 300 it's gosh i should know it's in my review i wrote it yesterday um <laughs> fours it's like three 5600 like 5600 3600 like a 350-ish 350 okay $300 part i think so but i think it's street of somebody can somebody can look no, that it's up been coming down it's been okay. coming down actually i've been actually starting to see like weirdly like oh. slight sales on the 5600 i think 309 it's, right 309 all right that's a, it's right around there uh, and it's super impressive to see an APU beating that. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and the APU costs more, but of course, you know, uh, yes. it, it is eight cores versus eight cores versus six. And actually, hmm, I'm, I don't actually have the 5600X's cache committed to memory, but uh, no, it is. And again, I'm not surprised as someone who plays with a lot of laptops with Ryzen 5000. It is an impressive part. It is hell of an impressive part. So. This is again, and you know, um, so yeah, great. That's and the next one is actually gaming because clearly the big improvement over the previous uh, APUs, especially the 3400G, was the only real consumer part you could get. That was Zen Plus, 12 nanometer, four cores. You know, this is a huge, huge increase in performance over a 3400G. The APU side, though, better. But maybe not probably what people were hoping for, but still very good. First up is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Uh, he runs at 1080p low. More frames better. Um, look at that. It's actually pretty decent. 149 versus 114 for a Ryzen 5 3400G. I mean, I would argue that is pretty good. You know, a lot of that comes from yeah. the the improvements that we saw with the Zen 3 cores. Zen 3 cores is a real big improvement over Zen Plus. 
I mean, Zen Plus is like, that's going back to the old days at this point. So Counter-Strike, you you generally will see this in Counter-Strike. And also, a uh, nice thing that's on top is the same 5700G. So uh, running just 3200 CL14, 149, you go out instead, you buy 3600 DDR4, Oh boy, this will this will this will trigger Ian though. He put megahertz in here. <laughs> he, that will trigger he, Ian. He is in the chat. Don't look, Ian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're German. I, they're German. Uh, also, CL sixteen. So CL sixteen, you know, you're going to see a decent bump from going from thirty two hundred to thirty six hundred. You know, again, remember APUs, IGP. You 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 don't have a frame buffer. You use a system memory more faster memory, more bandwidth generally gets you more performance. So that's nice. But you know that is that is a really decent uplift in in Counter Strike. Uh, next is Fortnite because uh, he did do I don't know how he runs this test exactly, but that is a super popular game. And I will say because I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I think for parents who are looking for to build a system or buy a system for their kid, and I'm talking to the parents because usually people who buy systems for Fortnite is the parent. Uh, interestingly, <laughs> is my interpretation. <laughs> Uh, again, Ryzen 7 5700G with that Vega 8, you know, 101 average versus 91. It's a decent bump, but this is probably the thing that might kind of go like, whoa, I have a 3400G and you're only giving me 10% more in Fortnite. I, I kind of want, you know, what's up with that, you know? And, you know, this is not the improvements you're seeing on the graphics side is not what you're seeing on the CPU side where you go from max, you know, eight threads to max 16 threads and you go from zen plus to zen three it depends on how you look at it from a practical standpoint there is an improvement it's not as huge of a jump yeah but you got to remember that the last gen ones had more cus in them the vega based ones right so they had i think 10 in the high-end one whereas these ones only have eight 11 so you know these are getting higher scores at you know much fewer cus so yeah there's there's a lot to be said there yeah, and you know they, and again, this the uh, one of the big jumps they they said on on mobile side was like, we got you know because Vega in desktop was in add-in board was not impressive, and it was impressive for people to make fun of, but it wasn't <laughs> impressive as far as what you got out of it when they moved those the, those Vega cores into a smaller process. It made a big difference. Same thing in Ryzen four thousand. Unfortunately, um, we don't have a Ryzen. 4000 APU, those were again not generally available to the public. They weren't pushed to the public. It would have been interesting to see, but I would bet the performance would be pretty close over the non existent 4000 parts. It's really against the 3400G. So that's Fortnite, but still you're getting a decent uplift. And again, you know, you go to 3600, you get more. Uh, as we move into a little harder load, let's do Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, this is run at 1080p, very low. You know, it's you're you're getting 38 frames a second 1080p Shadow Tomb Raiders, which is pretty damn good considering you ain't got nothing. And you know one thing we haven't talked about here is Intel. Intel is just IGP on desktop. The original, of course, non newer cores in the original UHD that they basically reused about 195 times. It just kind of stunk. If you go back and look at some of these results, it's just terrible. Basically, it's barely worth even running. Uh, Rocket Lake, which actually has sort of the newer cores. It doesn't have the latest cores entirely. But the other thing they made a big difference uh, when they built tar- when they built Rocket Lake, they said, you know what, we, we can't put 96 EUs in this. The Tiger Lake, yep. Tiger Lake 
uh, uh, XE graphics in <laughs> a 20 weight, 28 watt G, uh, CPU has, um, 96 EUs, EUs echo. Uh, this thing only has, um, I think 32. So they could, they step back the EUs considerably. They're also the older uh, graphics cores from basically Ice Lake. Basically, AMD just whoops them. It's different on mobile because they got Tiger Lake. If you're looking at Tiger Lake U, but it, you know, on desktop, they just get whooped. Uh, and I, here, I think it's worth also pointing out, like looking at these charts, like he ran all these at 1080p at very low. Yeah. Like if you're buying an APU, you probably really should be playing at 720, pretty yeah. much across the board, unless yeah. you're playing esports. And you would be able to either crank up the quality or get even higher frame rates. So, yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I was looking at these thinking that uh, you're probably going to be able to get at least a console-ish experience. Not not current-gen console, though, like I smooth, think. Like, are you shading? Gen. But honestly, if that's the best you can do without having to you know, pay the almost $400 for a 6600 XT, then that might be the better solution for some folks. Yep. I agree. And last chart, very last chart. This is Borderlands 3. That um, mm, Sebastian you give me another ran. one after this, huh? You give me another one. Oh no, no, I'm no. That's okay, this is it. This is it. I I told him I was going to cut it short because, <laughs> believe me, if you think I'm bad with charts, PC Welt is mm. goes overboard. So, um, <clears throat> oh, pointing fingers. Yeah, oh, no, wow. I, Jeez, I just throwing uh, shade at her. So, but this actually, <laughs> I there is actually some. So you know, remember this Ryzen five thousand APU has a full by sixteen. You can drop in, you can drop in a real GPU. Uh, and when you do that, again, uh, I think Sebastian used a Radeon RX, uh, 6900 XT. Might have been a 6800, but clearly not, not exactly a, a low end, uh, GPU. You kind of want to see what you're going to get because, uh, my thoughts are you eventually will go, Oh, I can now finally afford a GPU. They're cheaper. Um, and I particularly picked Borderlands 3. There are other results. It actually gets closer depending on whether the game is more GPU-bound. Borderlands 3, I thought, was an, a, a good representation of something that is more CPU-bound. And what you could potentially see is now the Ryzen 7 5700G, which has just been pretty pretty stellar everywhere else. Not looking really hot here in Borderlands. You can see that it's underperforming a Core i5-11400F. It's underperforming a an an i5-11600K, it's well underperforming. Although, I mean, it's not unplayable. It's not unplayable at all. But a Ryzen 5 5600X is right there. It's right there with the, with the, with the Rock Lake i9 part. 5700G is, is basically almost down to the, the bottom one-third, bottom one-half of this chart. Because it is, however, still faster than the 3900X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, 3900X, you know... There were a lot of things that were improved in gaming, especially with the 5000 series. You know, uh, yeah, it's so fast than that. But I think it's worth pointing out that, and I picked this because I think Ryzen 7 5700G is clearly underperforming. A the real competitor to it is the Ryzen 5 5600X by a considerable amount. Not not the end of the world, but a considerable amount, and that really points to whether where, who should really buy this part? And I really think the person, if you're going to go out and like, you know what, I'm going to start with an APU because that's all I can afford. The world is insane. I can afford an APU. I can you know, afford a, a motherboard for it. And I can't afford a GPU right now. 
and I'm going to just have to roll with it for 24 to 36 months. <laughs> That's the way to go, right? If you're the kind of person that says, no, you know what? I'm going to go out and I think I'm going to buy a GPU almost immediately within six months or something, or I'm just going to go out and buy a, a GPU with it. Well, then clearly a Ryzen 5 5600X, which is actually cheaper by about 40 to 50 bucks on the street. It, we'll see how it shakes out for these APUs. Is a, It makes more sense. But that doesn't make the Ryzen 7 5700G a bad part. It just depends on where you're going from. If you're going to roll with IGP for a lot longer, or, you know, it makes more sense. But if you're going to go straight to a discrete part almost immediately or basically from day one, go with a, a non G part, I think. I, I think that's, that's the way I sort of see it. And then, of course, you know, the, you know, the Ryzen 5, honestly, you give up two cores. So you're going to give up CPU performance. If you care, if you care less about CPU performance, go with that Ryzen 5. The GPU side, the IGP, I don't think it's one CU versus, you know, seven versus eight is not going to be a, a huge change. Yeah. I think that's probably the best sort of bang for the buck uh, chip. But, you know, at 359, I know there's, I, I haven't looked, but knowing the internet, I'm, I'm sure there's some squawking, especially when you consider the original Ryzen 5. I, I I need to read Elena here to see what I see the face. I see a sour look on her face. The original <laughs> Ryzen right 5. I'm smiling. Oh, okay. The, the <laughs> Ryzen 5 3400G was $149 at launch, I think. Right? Yeah. So Ryzen 5 5600G is now $259. So yeah. $90 more for Ryzen 5. And of course, you go to 5700G for two more cores, worth it to some people, not worth it for others. 359. I, uh, I'm wondering. Waiting? I just want to read the reaction. No? <laughs> You're waiting for me to, to weigh in on the value proposition? Yes, the value so. proposition. <laughs> so I I actually think that it's hard to do a direct comparison to the 3200 and 3400G because there's a key difference in this generation of APU versus those, which is that those are using older part, like older cores to begin with for that time. So it made sense that they were in the budget range. AMD has changed its strategy a little bit now. And the cores you're getting is um, like contemporary with the non-G parts. So with AMD saying that these are supposed to slot into that stack equally, you know, I think it makes sense that their prices are different. I Yes, it's a bummer that you don't have these really ultra ultra affordable, like uh, integrated graphics versions of these chips at the hundred hundred and fifty price points. I kind of wish they would still do something like that. I think it would be really helpful, but I, I think it's unfair to just say, "Oh, price went up. This is bad." I think I would wait to see how it shakes out in the market, how much is available, et cetera, et cetera, and see what happens from there before me personally making a call on what's the most value. In general, it just kind of sucks a little bit or a lot to be DIY building right now. I honestly think going back to what you're saying about, okay, do you want a G part or do you want to just, you know, suck it up and get a graphics card and your CPU at the same time. I honestly think if you're taking one of those two paths, like if you're going to try to wait it out, then G DIY G is your best route. But if you're going to try to do a GPU with the CPU at the same time, honestly, pre-built might be the better route. 
And so that way you're not getting as, what's the family friendly word? You're Gouged. not getting as hurt by the, <laughs> by the, the shortages and the scalping and whatnot. <laughs> Because I, I was looking at pre-builds just yesterday for a different article that I was working on, and the like, the system integrators, it's like the prices are looking like not terrible again. Uh, you know what's terrible though? You know what's really terrible? Because I was oh. really behind the curve on this. No, and this is not a segue thing. Because this is a really terrible oh. thing. I was like, you know what? Let's <laughs> make sure. Say, we're, I have something left to say. <laughs> let's make sure we're properly calibrated here. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna say this, then Brad. Although. The price on Amazon of Horizon 5 3400G, I just looked it up while Elena was talking, $327. And that's from Amazon, it looks like, because that's from Amazon Prime. So $327 for Horizon 5 3400G. I mean, they're inflated right now. Obviously. I know. But I just didn't realize, like, oh, well, maybe APUs aren't bad. But look, the price in a Ryzen 3 3200G is $229, Amazon. So that's... that's it's, all, it's all bad. I just <laughs> I had no idea, too, because I hadn't... And the crazy thing is that's actually down because at some point it peaked at uh, 555 for <laughs> used 3400G. That hurts my heart so bad. Yeah. Uh, we, we all hurt. We all yeah, hurt. that's... Uh, just, just at that point, just get a 3100 and a GT1030, which also hurts, but not as bad. Yeah, so you know what? That 6600 is a ripoff. I'm going to go get a 3400 g for $327. <laughs> so, yeah, that doesn't make me super optimistic about the street pricing of these uh, because these are what, you know, entry-level PC builders who want to play in some way are looking to get. Uh, I'm just glad that AMD made these and made these still available to consumers because right now, like, yes, the price is higher, but right now, as you just said, 3,400 Gs are selling for 300-something dollars. Uh, you can't buy a graphics card. This does have 5,600X sometimes beating style of performance with the most modern, you know, CPU cores. At 359 bucks, you have what you need to be able to go play Fortnite, to be able to go play Shadow of the Tomb Raider, to do what you can to hold over. And yes, the price, again, is high, but I think that's actually really good compare like that's a great price to get everything you need to go start building the gaming pc for today so i'm glad it happened it does think that they didn't bring the ryzen 3 version to diy but there are pre-built ver systems with a ryzen 3 version of this available if you decide to go that route uh well it, it, we kind of answered this question but i'm gonna say it again because um <clears throat> Mike Quinton gave us $40 Super Chat. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and asked, uh, will the supply of the 5700G be normal or limited? Will the price skyrocket? Uh, we we just kind of talked about that, but... Yeah. That's more than a $40 question. I think it will. I, 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 <laughs> that's, like that's a million-dollar question, really, I mean, right? I, but, I mean, if a 3400G is selling for 327 bucks, what what in the world? And clearly... This this newer CPU is way better. CPU side, it's it's hands down so much so much better than a thirty four hundred G. And then the eight, you know, I, I but what's it, are people really gonna? Is this gonna be a six hundred dollar APU? I really think I, it depends how much they release into mm, the wild, mm -hmm. and that we can't predict that now because we don't we just don't know what it's gonna look like until everyone queues up to buy on was it Thursday? Toilet so. paper launch. 
Oh boy. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think it's a toilet paper lunch at all. And again, that's part of the reason why I'm kind of glad they have these higher end versions because if they did try putting out a Ryzen three version, it would disappear and get jacked immediately. But at 360, it's still a value compared to trying to piece together a CPU and a GPU, and that is high enough. And it's only a single die, you were saying, too, Yeah, these configurations. So they can probably get a ton of these out of their wafers again. Like, that makes such a huge difference because all these AMD wafers are going to Xboxes and Playstations and Ryzen and Ryzen APUs and Radeon chips and all that stuff. So I'm hoping availability will be somewhat decent at least, at least around the launch. Well, remember, toilet paper launch isn't about availability, it's about demand. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a toilet paper launch. I think that they're going to have enough, but I think the demand is still going to be pretty high because uh, mm-hmm. everybody wants new stuff. Uh, it just that's it's just I had no idea. I mean, it's a hundred and fifty dollar APU going for three twenty seven. That's more than double its price. I also think womp, that thirty four hundred G is limited supply, like ultra limited supply. So I wouldn't. For anyone listening, I wouldn't take what Gordon is saying as, you know, the you know canary in the coal mine for what's going to happen with these new parts coming out. It's a, it's a very different situation, <laughs> partially because we just yeah. don't know what's going to happen yet. $500. I, I agree. At this point, trying to get a new 3400G, they haven't made those in forever. So, yeah, if you're desperate, that's what you're paying. But hopefully yeah. a bunch of the but, So I think the, the one thing that kind of gets me is, um, is well, hmm. So looking at the pricing history of the 3400G, so originally it launched, it was essentially $149 all day. Uh, looks like it basically, uh, the prices got crazy the end of last year, interestingly. For most of last yeah. year, it was actually reasonably priced. Yeah. But now, yeah, maybe it is supply in. issues, but I just generally think if it's from Amazon, I sort of see that, you know, supplied by Amazon, then generally it's... it's the so the was, end of last year is where the GPU shortage started. So I was also keeping track of 3200G and 3400G last fall, and that's about when you started seeing it really go out of stock. It was really available th- until about the same time period that or the same coincidental time. Ugh, I didn't have breakfast today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other thing I, I, I do want to point out, it comes with a basic Wraith cooler. You know, nothing special. No copper heat slug. Just no RGB. No RGB, not at that price. Uh, also, it's, you know, processor in box and also, you know, AM4. So the nice thing is AM4 in the latest 500 series chipset. I think what's also nice about this, I think it's got a lot of growth potential. Like if you're really just kind of in a bad jam right now or whatever, it just it's an awesome CPU. You can upgrade it with the GPU later, and then even later you can drop in, you know, a 12 or 16 core Ryzen. And you know, we don't know, but there's a good odd that maybe the Vcash versions will even give you. So there's just sort of like a lot of wiggle room in that one sock. If you build a system around this chip, you have a lot of places to go over the next, you know you know, four to five years, seven years, because, I mean, because the socket will be so flexible with different, you know, faster CPUs you can buy. And plus it has the latest security mitigation, so. Wait, can we back up just a second? I want to pull out something that you said that may seem inconsequential, but I really want to know. Did you just say that the 5700G 
only comes with a plain like mid-level wraith cooler and not the wraith prism like you didn't know rgb with that I'm just uh, saying, for three hundred and sixty dollars, I would expect that you would have gotten the the the, the fun cooler. Uh, under advice they don't... from my attorney, I must <laughs> uh, decline to to give that information as it may be self. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's, I'm there's just no it's a bummer. I'm just saying it's a bummer. <laughs> like thirty seven hundred X came with the red prism. Did yeah, it? Well, it's a lot better. Than, it's a lot better than the other five thousand series ships because they don't come with any cooler whatsoever anymore. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's a plain old Wraith cooler. So it's a bummer. There's nothing. No, no RGB. Really? Yeah, what? you know, this last shuttle is leaving the zombie apocalypse city. But <laughs> I, um, I, are you saying you don't have a shuttle that comes with? I because I really wanted to get on board a a, a shuttle that had leather seats and blue. Uh, you got to get on the shuttle, uh, man, because zombies and you need to go. No, I, I want a little more style in this, the shuttle that carries me away from the, the apocalypse. Uh, well, uh, hopefully the shuttle has beer because, uh, Steven Anderson gave us $10 super chat. Thank you so much. And said, thank you. Have a beer on me. Yeah. I, I don't have one on hand, but I will, I will get one just for you. I promise. So, uh, any any anything else with this new AMD hardware that we should uh, should cover before we move on? No, I think hopefully, I, hopefully you can buy it. Hopefully you can buy it, and I'm yes. I'm surprised nobody are maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe people are not. Maybe they're angry about pricing. Muscle is really sort of like they're just they've done too many repetitions. They're like, yeah, they built up that <laughs> angry about uh, hardware prices. They they're not that angry anymore. So different crowd too. Different oh yes, crowd. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know what is for every crowd? What? I'm going to say full nerd merch. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got merch. We still have some special edition stuff. Uh, people get in on a, a nice, I, I, I still haven't gotten mine in for, uh, my, my own use, but a short sleeve button up with a the full nerd embroidered. We got a, a nice, um, I, I, I pinned it in here. What was it? It's, uh, the, a, a long sleeve plaid uh embroidered uh pretty nice so those those be going away soon uh so, so so yeah get in on those also i just got this morning new designs finally we hired a freelancer to do some some new Ooh. t-shirt designs i got four new designs coming in uh first round looking pretty good so new t-shirts uh new new designs coming in i know that's what what people want but we still got some cool designs uh still over there Go go check it out. I just got my shipping confirmation for the embroidered one this morning. Oh, so nice. they're on the way out. Sweet. Oh, sweet. Huh. Yeah. I bought a Wrath of Khan hoodie and it still has not arrived. <laughs> it's been, I need to check with the vendor. Oh, all right. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Then, uh, you know, uh, did you buy your latest uh, gaming PC uh, here in California, Gordon? Not in California. No, it's, yeah. So this next topic is, of course, PC gaming ban. I know uh, people's outrage muscle has already been sort of stretched and then um, re-stretched again by the people, uh, you know, great videos by Steve at Gamers Nexus and, and Jay's Two Cents, sort of correcting the record uh, on the PC gaming ban that did not happen. Um, you know, let's just write headlines based on a headline, based on a headline. Um, uh, the short And a great article by you. It's not a video, but yeah, you sure. put out an article saying the exact same thing. Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, there was news, of course, that uh, 
supposedly PC uh, PC gaming PCs were banned in California basically because of power demands. This all kicked off because of Alienware slash Dell that had a note saying on a few configurations they could not ship it to the state. So people got out there, jumped to conclusion, Matt, and decided that. The great state of California, which, believe me, I'm kind of used to, has banned gaming PCs. That's not true at all. Was basically uh, they had, the state has enforced more efficient, um, more de- efficient demands of desktop PCs. Some of those uh, gaming PCs that Alien were made did not fall into the specs, so they decided, hey, we're not going to ship it to. California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Vermont. Feels like there's one more, but that's that's plenty. Um, uh, of course, people, of course, want to blame Alienware, Dell. People want to blame California. I my take on this really is like this was, you know, more efficient standards. Probably Dell had some machines that, like, you know what? It's it's outside the spec. We just won't sell them there, um, which. You know, they can't because of the, the regulations. And frankly, let's remember, there's like a component short, shortage global wide. So rather than take those machines and just not sell them, they're selling them in the states that don't have those demands. So uh, you don't really have to get immediately outraged at Dell either. Frankly, I think it's just what are you going to what do they want to what are you going to do with those machines? Not sell them. They're going to sell them. They're just not going to sell them here. Uh, in of course, I'm, I'm surprised they were in that position because weren't these laws coming for a while? Yeah, they basically passed them in 2016 when no one was looking, frankly, and um, it's it's been they went into effect uh, last year, and then they they kicked up into tier two this year. They got a little harder, but you know, component shortage. You may have to take power supplies that aren't as efficient to sell your machine. That's just we don't know what their logistics are. That's why I think people in the anger machine don't really need to necessarily get angry at them for not selling to California. Whatever, tough luck. Just Somebody benefits in another state, but they still got to sell the machines, and there's a there's yeah. a component charges. So I think the anger is misplaced. I also do think the 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 freak out over California doing this is, you know, there's a lot of people who think this is California. Believe me, I live here. California is California, but this I did a lot of um, reading on this subject years ago, two years ago, and from also speaking to to vendors people were actually surprisingly pleased because believe me i wanted to get the real story on this because some vendors had told me it is the end and some other vendors said larger vendors said you know actually the state has actually been pretty gracious about this so and frankly as pointed out by jay's two cents video he has one on monitors he has one on pcs and 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 steve's there's enough cutouts in this that you can see in the regulations that it really isn't that hard to make. So I know people think it is overregulation by the state, then copied by other states. But for the most part, everybody seems pretty happy. Yeah, it's harder, but it's going to get harder. It's going to come. Um, uh, but I can tell you from what vendors told me a while ago, they thought it was pretty reasonable. They were they they there was a lot of advice from component companies that went into the regulations and there were also as you can imagine on this issue this is the reason i do want to talk about this even though it feels like it's a dead horse at this point there's a lot of groups that would like to see everybody play games on a laptop or there's people who would want to see you 
basically play it streamed or on a console. Those people were, the state did not go like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's make it impossible for you to buy a gaming PC, right? That did not happen. So I think there's people need to understand everybody's actually trying to work here because the state likes tax money and companies make money. So it's so far been pretty good. I actually have a story I'm working on where I think people should also pay attention to this. Um, frankly, if you're old school like me, it was cool to have a machine with a 1600 watt power supply and three or four graphics cards, right? And an HEDT part that just, you could not run it <laughs> on a, on a, on a 16 amp circuit sometimes. Right. So that was cool. Some, you know, we definitely need to have different thoughts about that sometimes, but so I just wanted to bring it up here, even though it feels like a dead horse, but one gaming PC is not banned in California. They're getting more efficient. And yes, the state has actually, it is California, but it sounds like they're actually being pretty reasonable. And I, I think probably the one example, when I talked to the state a couple of years ago, they said, well, look, we got to start somewhere. And I know it makes everybody angry and it, it, it pisses me off, frankly. And I, I'm going to see if this works on both of you, but low flow showers, right? Right, mm -hmm. those low flow heads that you get in the shower that basically feels like yep. a squirt gun. <laughs> that starts somewhere, and it's annoying. And people go out and they'll buy high flow uh, heads, or they'll just modify the head to give them more water flow. Which you know I understand because sometimes it is a little too low. But you know, considering the situation the Western states are in, it's like, well, okay, maybe I can see it. Right, so there, you got to have some understanding with it. No, it's a good place to start from. Yeah, so. Yeah, you got to advance that stuff. And like you said, it's not just California either. Uh, Vermont, I heard you mention, was one of those. Exclusive offer for full nerd listeners. I live in New Hampshire. If you want to buy an Alienware, I will smuggle it over the border for you. For a <laughs> after, after maybe testing it for you first. <laughs> yeah, and I think really, I mean, I really sort of take, you know, sort of whiplash from like, oh, my God, this is crazy overregulation. And there are times, you know, see fuel tanks if you if you have a gas tank you will understand this one of those portable things you put gas in your if you just have a gas can you'll understand the craziness of government sometimes at the same time it looks like everybody was trying to work together on this so but i do think the, the key warning that i think people need to be aware of is the people that say like it's a zero the people who will always push for you're using too much power that's going to continue. People are going to say, you need to use less power. Your gaming PC should not use 450 watts when you play a game, right? Uh, specifically cited by one group is like, look, an Xbox uses 180 watts or 100 watts, 150 watts. So it's better. Well, no, but I mean, you know, of course, they, you know, there, it, it's, there's, there's clear differences, but there will be... Yeah. People need to realize that people will be turning the screws slowly and slowly on 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 gaming PCs at some point, and I think the way to to prevent it is to get ahead of the curve. One, you have to be involved with your input, and you know there's things you should do, like put your computer to standby, you know, and and there's there's things you can do. Whereas my kids walk away from their machines and they'll just let it stream their favorite Twitch star for an hour and a half. It's like it's not, what is that getting me? You know, what is that, what is that getting you? Mm -hmm. You're doing that to help that Twitch person? No, nah, no, nah, they can get somebody else to watch them. So <laughs> turn your damn computer off is my message, you know, but you know. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I'm not, once I started digging, or you started digging more into the details, it's like, this is not anything to really be bad about whatsoever. This is a net good. It it's, encourages companies like AMD, Intel, NVIDIA, power supply companies to, you know, put some effort into these things as well. Like, try to make this low wattage. Try to get more efficient. And I think that's great for the environment. So, Yeah, but at the same time, I, I am worried you know, because frankly, yeah. you know, it's you're trying to if you ever look at the rules for how they try to enforce all this, this power stuff, it is insane, you know, and it's also it is really insane because you're trying to write write regulations that somehow restrain a, a physical technology. And believe me, it changes. There's stuff like, you know, like there's a you count the number of SATA ports on the system. <laughs> Nobody's running eight SATA ports anymore, right? So (laughs) it's just there's a lot of things that when you bake it into a regulation and you have this fixed law, it's just like, well, this is just this is dumb. You end up like five years from now, you may have a computer with six SATA ports, even though no one's using like you could go with one. But it's there because of the stupid regulation that was never updated. So there are there are legitimate reasons to not want to have the government stick their nose into it because it, That's always the case. It's always the case, right? And again, gas can. Go out and buy a gas can from a gas station. Try to put some gas in your car. You will understand. So, and I'm bringing that up because with gas cans, they have somebody along the line came up with like, we need to have, an, and again, I think it started with California. It's a carb compliant gas can. And the whole idea is like, look, people put gas in these gas cans and then they don't cap them and all the gas evaporates. That's bad. Well, one, how many gallons is that? Like 180 gallons versus like the 12 million gallons we burn in, in everything else. And then if you're paying for a gallon of gas and you're so dumb that you're going to let it all evaporate before you can use it, well, so the, but instead of saying, hey, why don't you make it a, a cap that can't get lost? They basically have these mechanisms in these nozzles that unlock when you put the fuel into your car or mower and it just spills everywhere. And yeah, you. of course, there's some people who would say, well, these gas cans are bad because the makers made them bad. But it's just like, it's also like, well, they're also bad because this regulation is haphazardly written. And you're selling a gas can for $8 and you can't now charge $30 for it because no one will buy it. So it's, I don't know. Sorry. Well, on the plus side, I think Alienware said that they said all going forward, all their stuff's going to be fully compliant to this, just a handful of models. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We actually did get a question over on Discord before we uh, move on. Uh, Pack NW asked, couldn't Alienware pre-install folding at home on the high-end PCs and uh, market as medical equipment exempt for uh, California? (laughs) Yeah, there are ways. I mean, thanks. Yeah, no, no, there's, there are, and clearly there are so many um, outs written into this to allow for high-end performance computers to exist. So, yeah, they could have probably done that. Or they could have just put in, like, a fatter GPU. Go ahead. That reminds me of uh, the Elon Musk flamethrowers, the boring company ones, where they were having trouble shipping at certain places because they called it a flamethrower, so they just wrote, not a flamethrower on it. (laughs) <laughs> and we're able to ship in places just like perfect. sharpie <laughs> perfect i would agree though because that thing was not a flamethrower that thing was sad it's like a big ass butane letter so <laughs> i mean i was like whoa this is gonna be cool like no this is not a flamethrower this would like i mean the flame went out like four feet or something like that right i still regret not buying one to be honest but really 
Oh yeah, I would I would play with that. Wait, so what's the technical definition of a flamethrower then? Well, they use the different materials. I would think the actual like napalm and stuff. Well, not napalm bomb. That's illegal now. Well, they do. Mm-hmm. They. I mean, like an actual like like an army nap an army um, flamethrower actually sprays napalm basically. Oh, it's still legal? I wasn't even No, they're not legal. They're not legal (laughs) at all. I think they're actually... Flamethrowers are actually... But Gordon has a couple if you need it. I think they're actually classified as destructive weapons. So I think they are... It's not... um, So yeah, an actual flamethrower you cannot cannot buy. So, But that thing was not a flamethrower because like, there ain't no flamethrower, man. That's like a big ladder with some kind of... It just yeah, it was not. It was really like right. Elon Musk doing something stupid, weird. Uh, <laughs> but Brad, do you regret not buying an Intel Beast Canyon Nook? That's the question. I, I do have. not. Oh, okay. Well, I like I like them big. <laughs> oh wait, that one is kind of big. It is big. Yeah. In fact, if you give me a second, you can do some show and tell. There we go. Fun. <laughs> wait, don't throw your back out lifting it, Elena, because it's <laughs> it is quite large. It's a chunky one. So this is Beast oh, Canyon. Wow. It is eGPU enclosure size, I would say. Pretty much. Like, that's what Adam was saying. Um, this is eight liters. That's why I can bring it into field here. And if you've been following Nux, you know this is quite larger <laughs> than uh, than the original four by four inch little mini PCs that Intel started with. So. Yeah. I want to say 2016, they came out with Skull Canyon, which was, I don't know, like, yay big. It was cute. Which is already larger. Like VHS. Than your typical. Uh, even smaller than that, because the Hades Canyon, which came after in 2018, that one was more like VHS tape size. And so those were like their gaming nucks. So these were specifically designed to appeal to this crowd who wanted like the most badass, high-end... You- like mobile type parts that you could get. Um, and at the time, like I thought they were pretty cool because these were things that you could not build yourself. So if you wanted something that portable, they were filling this like very small section of the PC market and fulfilling their needs. With Beast Canyon, and I'm not sure how many of y'all have already seen the reviews and tear. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard that GN's teardown is a little... Um, I don't know if violence the right word, but I Rough. I did raise yeah I raised my eyebrows a little hearing the chatter around it. It's like ooh, that sounds like it's a viewer discretion advice <laughs> when I go see it. But uh, this is a lot larger. This is as I said eight liters. It's starting to compete with um, small form factor PCs, and so for me, this is the first gaming nuck that I actually said, huh. I think I could do better DIY. I think for my use case, I think I could actually get more out of this by going DIY. Um, Cause here's the thing. When you look at the numbers and I, I didn't, I did not send a basket full of charts to Adam for this segment. I decided oh to just kind of, take just decide, I don't wait, what you know. <laughs> I decided to wing it a little bit. If you want to see the benchmarks, the numbers, all that, it's in my review on PCRoll.com. But basically, this mobile chip falls exactly where you would expect it to, uh, given that it's uh, kind of a, a variant of the, hold on, 1198, sorry, 1198HK. 
um, which is the top end Tiger Lake mobile part, Tiger Lake H mobile part. So it does well single core. I mean, it's impressively fast. It's not, it's not a bad chip, not at all. It's just more of at this point, do you want something that is sort of easy to slot in? Because the whole premise with this, with this NUC is that it's modular. So you have the compute element holding your CPU, your RAM, your storage in one component or one card, essentially, that slots into PCIe card, slot rather. And then on the other side, you have your GPU. This is not as straightforward as Ghost Canyon, its predecessor. Ghost Canyon was easy just to open, get in up to the parts, drop things in, and then get out. The the thing about that was that it was five liters. And so at five liters, it is a royal pain in the butt, in my opinion, to do DIY. Like you have to be pretty dedicated to work in a small space of that caliber or that size, rather. Brain, words, what's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> this actually makes you go through a few more steps to get to those modular parts. And so in theory, it's easy to do upgrades, but I, I didn't really... I didn't look at the instructions before I went in. <laughs> I might have taken oh. the top off a little bit erroneously. So uh, there's a bit of adhesive that's no longer as sticky as it used to be, let's just say. <laughs> so whose fault is that? I, I think that uh, I think that there are, while I always fully encourage everyone to read the instructions, I am definitely a read the manual kind of person. I do think there are going to be other people like me who might think, oh, I've worked in systems before. Oh, I think this looks pretty straightforward. Oh, maybe I really should have watched that video. So I, I think with that fiddliness, it's not that same sh like straight, easy recommendation of like, okay, you don't want a headache. It's going to cost you kind of at the nose for it. But go ahead and do this because it'll make your life infinitely easier. And what you want is simplicity. Now, I would say that it's like, okay, do you really want that simplicity? Or do you need a little extra oomph from a socketed desktop part? Because if you do, it's probably going to be worth just the, the little extra time you're going to invest into building a small form factor PC as opposed to going with this. And even though Intel says that it's going to continue releasing compute elements there always comes that day where a company yeah. decides to shelve its shelve its products and so Even alienware just had that where yeah. they got sued over it they only did the one generation yeah so far i feel like intel is more committed to this this idea of modular pc mini pcs semi mini pcs than like you know the alienware initiative was but i think that it's like okay well you can't really reuse the case. You can't, uh, you know, really move parts around, you know, and reuse things the way you could with DIY. So at that point, again, it's like the the flow chart. You just really have to figure out where you are on that. And so it's no longer just you're in this camp, you really fit the criteria, go. Or you're in this camp, you fit the criteria, go. Now it's like you're weighing all these like, well, do I want to deal with this? Or do I not want to deal with this? Do I want to gamble on this? I don't want to gamble on this, et cetera, et cetera. So in a nutshell, cool hardware, still top of the line, really great. But for me, even with the return of RGB, and I can't show this to you. Oh, um, yeah, it has RGB. But uh, there's a customizable RGB front panel here. 
So it defaults to a skull, which is pretty cool. It's got accent lighting here and on the underside as well. Love to see it return. I don't think it's enough for me, even though I was asking about the Wraith Prism just, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I see. So the RGB mattered there, but it doesn't matter here. I'm- All I'm saying is, as configured, I've got the Core i9 version, Core i9 11900KB mobile processor in here. There's another version that's a Core i7, I think it's 11700B. Uh so that's the compute element. It's fitted out with a fairly modest uh, storage, uh, like it's 500, uh, and it's just standard 500. Um, no, this one has a PCIe 4 drive in there, so it's not too cheap. Even still, it's a fairly modest configuration. Works out to street price of about... Uh, that's not true. Works out to a semi-street price of 2000 ish dollars, just a little under 2000 The ish part is... That's assuming you got the graphics card at list price. That's big ish. That is a big ish. <laughs> um, if you did a a similar ish again ish uh, DIY build, because it's hard to really do exact you know apples for apples comparison. Let's say you put a thirty seven hundred X in there. That's around fifteen hundred dollars. Say you want to get a little more like equivalent in terms of single core performance, and you put like I don't know. 5600X in there um, or another like actual socketed Intel part in there. I think I, I think I tested it or did a sample config with a, a 11700K, 10700K. That's closer to like $1,700, $1,800. So you're still saving some money. Uh, and honestly, with these days, if you're trying to look at your GPU, that actually might be worth it. Again, right. flow chart. If you're looking at something like this, Money is probably not that huge of a concern for you in the first place, but maybe you're also considering it because it's a headache. And so then like you're a different part of the flow chart. So it's just <laughs> more complex in general. You know, I have a question though, because the compute elements, the most fascinating part of, to me is that the compute elements, because, you know, this is a second iteration now of what we first saw at CES, what, a couple of years ago. So yeah. could you take the previous nut and take that, compute elements and put it in there and yeah you're, you're you're supposed to be able to do that they are selling the compute elements as like a standalone product as well so i actually have ghost canyon sitting off uh out of view right now and so i should be able to take this just put it in there i didn't have time during my review to really look at that aspect because i wasn't really reviewing the compute element aspect i was just looking more at beast canyon as a entire product but I did do some swaps back and forth between the two. Like I tested Ghost Canyon, you know, with the current, like the 30, 3060 that's in the configuration review unit that I was sent and so on and so forth. So they're, I mean, they're modular, so you can just do that, those kinds of swaps. I'm just wondering though, if that's, they're just, they're, you know, because the original NUC was a wild success, frankly, you know, and at the time it was like, wow, this is kind of weird, but now everybody sort of emulated it. It feels like they're just trying to get something else to catch fire again with this, but it doesn't. It is weird to have like <laughs> basically. I, I was looking it up. the The volume of eight liters is two gallons, so the volume of two gallons of milk is basically that that box in front of you. He's like, you know, we were joking before when they first showed it off. It's like, where exactly is the small form? Where exactly you know? Because this thing is getting pretty. I mean, the joke was what they're going to make a a, a full desktop sized. 
full tower nook. Kind right? of what I'm wondering, like where where are they going to stop on the size? I feel like maybe they'll stop here because there was a uh, one second. I'm going to try to grab Ghost Canyon just to show. Sure, I, I'm going to keep talking while you do that because I you should be able to hear me. But I just kind of wonder though if the the concept is really to get people used to a compute. Yeah, I mean, card, it's ne- right? next unit of computing. Well, right? but the, you right. know, because you got because the original Nooks are just great because it's a completely self-contained computer. So now for the desktop crowd, oh, there it goes. So yeah, so it should fit right in there. So I would I would think that Intel would stop at Beast Canyon because so the limitation with Ghost Canyon at five liters was that you couldn't use a full-length graphics card, and you can kind of see the, the oh, twenty-seven. Elena, you just did it. You just did it. What? What the. This Skull Canyon's dumb. I can't fit a full-size GPU in the Skull in the, the Skull Canyon. Man, you suck. Oh yeah, check this out. Beast Canyon takes full-size GPU. Man, what do I need a box this big that takes a full-size GPU for? You need to make it smaller. Yeah, we we did last time. You're getting mad at us for doing what you're I'm just... I, I didn't actually say that. I didn't actually criticize Ghost Canyon for that. I actually was very strongly in favor of Ghost Canyon being what it is because I thought it was a great balance between being able to use a discrete GPU like, and then also having the ease of uh, the modularity between the compute element and dropping in, that in, in and out as well as the GPU in and out. I'm just saying for the purpose of what the thread you were on, which is how much bigger can they go... Beast Canyon now fits full-size GPUs. I would be surprised if they went any larger than that because they've kind of fulfilled the the end, the last, the full end of like what people would be asking for. Why? Well, it's where it's already at the drive? point. Yeah, it's already at the point where you're like, this is big enough now. Who's it really for? So what, yeah. what's the point in going bigger? That's why I, re- I think that is you know obviously I was just kidding earlier, but I think the problem mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> is people who would buy this, and that has been tough. But it really is a, it's just pushing a concept. But I, I sort of still see the original concept here is like you know how you're used to you know motherboard, CPU, you know other components. This is all of it in one, you know. And so maybe if we get people used to pulling the compute elements card down the road because you know what uh, storage is the definition of storage and ram is going to get weird as we go forward to right i mean one day so why not just have it all as a consumer you as a consumer upgrader you just see hey I, i'm getting this it's getting all this next generation stuff and it's one whole thing so there's no longer this separate ram separate this it's not that obviously it's not that because you're still using sodims and, and m.2s but trying to get people sort of used to that that style of upgrading, you know? I, I think that would be a really cool future, especially for those of us who do tech support for people who want the latest and greatest but don't necessarily want to deal with all the fiddly parts. But I feel like going from this kind of uh, bleeding edge, you know, cool concept, next unit of computing to the mainstream is a pretty big jump. And I don't... I don't know if there's really a path for that set up. Like it feels like Intel is testing the waters in some ways with these products uh, just to see what the market bites on. But also I think they're flexing a little and I think rightly so. I just, just don't see like say one day Dell being like, yeah, we're all in on this as opposed to being able to do the standard kind of, you know, individual components to and have that assembled. 
Yeah, no, it's true. Definitely for Moeums, they, I doubt they would like to lose that much control over them, but at some point you have no control either. So you could see it being packed, but you could, 10 years down the road, you could just see this one compute card packaged OEMs and maybe they can do a little more extra around it, but. I still think it'd be cool. Just, you know, I think it would be a long way out from that. Yeah. You know, it is, well, 10 years is pretty far. So. And then you have the very vocal contingent on the internet who's going to be screaming about what that means for DIY PCs, right? Like, don't don't take that from us. We, we love that control. Do not. I can't tell you how many times I get comments on the mini PC reviews saying, like, this is stupid. I would never do it because I can't upgrade it. And it's like, I get your point. I get where you're coming from. But this this is basically like a hybrid between a, a laptop and a desktop, dude. Like, not for you. That's cool. But... Mm-hmm for somebody else yeah and you know it's actually very and and that is a problem the community has is is everybody wants everything to be frozen in amber forever and it's not really the greatest like i the like a good point of this bringing back the pc gaming ban is uh intel push atx 12 vo which is cool you lose 33 you lose 5 volt you get more efficient power at idle which is what everybody's chasing People were like, no, this is dumb. I'm never giving up my multi-rail ATX 12V power supply, right? This is just stupid. Don't, you know, and it's just like, it's, you have to move forward at some point. It's like ATX. Like I've been saying, ATX is, I mean, like what things are we still using in this world from the 1980s, right? So. I'm just, I, actually, I was waiting for you to, to uh, bring 90s. up the whole ATX form factor thing. And no. I was surprised that you went a different direction. <laughs> Well, no, it's the same thing. It's ATX. Like a, ATX is just come on. It's ancient. Let's, I know. I let's poked the bear. It. I made a mistake. Yeah, you know what would be great is with your ATX system playing GeForce now because you can't get. <laughs> we'll just get all the uh, the regular arguments back up for this one show. <laughs> well, I'd, re- just, I'd rather have a console. We are. We are just. Uh, oh you know, I understand. You know, standards are great. And, you know, radical change is bad, but we do have to embrace change sometimes. And a lot of people just simply will not embrace the change. And it really it really can hold everything back. So, I think the change has to be shown, though, that there is a benefit to it. And I think that is oftentimes one of the key things that's missing from certain marketing messages or coverage about these new things is that people are very quick to point out the disadvantages and so in order to overcome that, you really have to really strongly outline what the advantages are because no one's going to want to move to something that sounds terrible. They're going to move to something that sounds great. Yeah, but sometimes people will paint something that has potential future upsides into just bad because it costs $5 more. So that's, that's I think, a big issue for me. So change change is bad is really the – and I'm believe me, I'm resistant to change, but – that that attitude just it feels like it's choking us sometimes. Uh, well, we need to change over to some uh, Q and A so we can wrap it up real quick. Uh, got a couple super chats uh, or real quick, Elena. Anything else on Beast Canyon? Uh, no, I just think that if you are considering this, uh, definitely think more carefully about where you sit and what kind of things you want out of the system in the future because I think that'll influence whether or not it's right for you. Okay, nice. Go read your review. Go watch the video. It was a, f- a fun little one. We, we tried something different. It was kind of cool. Uh, all right. Questions. Uh, I already have some questions lined up, so 
Uh, if you didn't get them in, the best thing to do is go over to Discord. There's a link in our description, and you can uh, get some questions in for next time. Uh, we do have a couple super chats. Uh, Old Man Brian gave us 10 pounds. Thank you so much. Said, as gaming has become bigger, etc., some things haven't advanced at all, namely AI, such as enemies in first-person shooters and uh, RTS, real-time strategy games. What will it take? What will it take to make this better? More money or something like Tensor Cores, or is it just too hard? Uh, I don't know. I agree with you. That's a big bummer, actually. Like, there hasn't been very noticeable advancements in AI. Uh, our former games writer and myself both used to say, like, Rainbow Six Siege is the only shooter that really feels like a next-generation game. Uh, and I think that still holds true. And that has nothing to do with the AI. Uh, I'm hoping that now that the consoles have these uh, modern rising cores in them that could encourage you know developers to devote a little bit more resources to improving the ai because you got to remember the consoles had those terrible jaguar cores before and that really holds things back as you know just we were just talking about things get held back because of stuff sometimes uh i'm hoping that you know resbian and the consoles makes that change i'm not am i optimistic no because it feels like we've been kind of stuck at the same level of ai and games for quite a little while mm -hmm. but we'll see how it goes yeah. I, i'm going to disagree too because I, I think the good news is um <clears throat> although ai in games really has been pretty flat luckily the uh intelligence of the average online player has been coming down <laughs> to meet the flat AI. In fact, there's some games where I play where you're like, this can't be a real person, right? This, this, this must be a bot. And they're like, no, no, really. Cause look, they're randomly doing things that benefit nothing. And it's like, it's actually not a bot cause it's not consistent enough. And, and people are luckily getting so bad at playing games and so dumb that you, it will be indistinguishable from today's bad gaming AI and the actual real people playing them. <laughs> look! Look at this dumb bot just standing in the corner, firing at the ground. Idiot. No, that's not a bot. Oh, I, wow! Uh, so <laughs> World of Warships, obviously. What'd you call me? I still play. I knew it was about World of Warships. Well, because it's <laughs> just like, <laughs> come on! It's like you know, because everybody's like, they start typing like, must be a bot, right? Everybody's like, yeah, I must, because they're just here farming. No, 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 because look, they just turned around and they did the dumbest <laughs> thing possible. You couldn't make a bot do something like that. <laughs> a bot would just be cruising and back, you know, collecting points because you, you get minimal amounts just by being in a game. But no, it's actually a player that has absolutely no idea what they're doing. So <laughs> I'm sure you see that in other online games. So good job, humans. <laughs> Yeah. If if you're interested in uh, artificial intelligence and games, by the way, there's actually an excellent YouTube station, YouTube channel called AI and Games. Simply enough, AI and Games or In Games. I'm not sure one of those two. Uh, and a spectacular, like deep wonky deep dives. So we're checking out. Nice. Uh, CMC Knight asked earlier, uh, how much is AMD and Nvidia deliberately not pushing performance forward at the budget end, due to, of course, supply being low and demand for cards at any price being high. 12.8 percent <laughs> there you go that always happens like if you look at every generation uh going back i've been doing this for six or seven years now you know reviewing graphics for pc world 
the gains are always lower on the low end. Like they, they put the pedal to the metal at the high end because those are the big, heavy, expensive chips that they can charge more for. Down at the low end, it's all about costs and stuff like that. And it's, it's, that's always the case. And, you know, this time around with chip costs being what they are in the pandemic and everything, I, I don't even know if we're going to see low end parts. So. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but it's not unusual. It's not unusual. Although I, I do want to bring up a point. It'd be interesting to find out is are the, the yields just so awesome? Cause the, the classic low end was serviced by taking a good part and turning features off. I kind of wonder if like the yields are just so awesome and everything now that like, you know what? We could sell these at higher end, right? Or obviously they could just give lower and more performance, but that's not how it typically works out. No. Uh, friend of the show, John, John Dokic said, uh, gave us $2. Thank you so much. And said, world of warships is Russian spyware. Sorry, Gordon. Um, <laughs> this will be a good one. Uh, no cloud over on discord said, I understand that most benchmarks tilt toward gaming and content creation performance. My question is, what is the ratio of office slash business slash app slash internet slash email users versus gaming slash content creators creation user? As enthusiasts, are we too obsessed with the CPU cores and clocks? After benchmarking, should reviewers include what component is the bottleneck for a workload on a review system? Sorry, I, I actually had half my brain thinking about it being Russian spyware. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking like, okay, we got this installed. And it's like, I, then this can't, what, why are they doing this? Wait, no, that can't be. They're, they're doing things that make no sense. That. Could you imagine, like, they're trying to analyze this at the GRU? Like, well, this, well they, they, what? No, that doesn't make any sense. They're, 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 they know it's spyware, so they're, no, that, that, that's not how you play. Uh, huh? I, I think to the new question, uh, yeah, obviously people are using web browsers and Excel and, you know, Word and Google Docs a lot more than they're playing games and they're doing all that kinds of stuff. Uh, but that stuff is so much more lightweight compared to the kind of benchmarks that you usually see in reviews. Like, there's, like, you can run that stuff on a Chromebook. You can run that stuff on a netbook. I mean, you can only do it to a certain degree. I mean, you can't have 50 tabs open on a netbook, but for basic everyday use, like... There's PC Mark out there that we use for laptop reviews that simulates that real-world kind of scenario. But to really test what's possible and push these things to the limits, you need heavier benchmarks to see what the, the differences are when they're really under load. And that's where gaming comes in. That's where the computational stuff comes in, everything you are just talking about. And also, I do agree with you that there is an overemphasis on performance when... Uh, frankly, a lot of people are driving, you know, Office and Premiere and Photoshop where it's, as you can see, as you saw some of the benchmarks earlier, it's, I try to, with all the laptops and CPU reviews, always have that, like, you know what, if you are not doing any of this, it doesn't really matter. I mean, people, you'll often see the narrative that this one thing is the best thing ever, but it's only the best thing ever if you can actually use all the cores and thread count or whatever special feature. If it's not, then it really isn't the best thing ever. So, um, but unfortunately I would blame um, one reviewers because that is our responsibility to make you understand that the performance in office really doesn't change that much from a lot of these things. And then two, it's also the public 
because people are so overly fixated on bigger bar better, right? And it just doesn't it's just it's not it's not healthy for anybody. But you know, believe me, no one gives a damn when I say like in office, if you're running office, it's you know, one thing is better or this is better. People don't care about that. They want to see bigger bar better. So I do think though that I think the question can be separated into two parts too, where it's like you really are talking about two different audiences. So if you have an enthusiast audience or somebody who's really trying to figure out why would I buy, say, a 5600X instead of a 5800X, they're going to need that context. And as Brad was saying, you need to push those chips to their limits to see what that difference is. That's a very different um, person than somebody who comes to you and says, I just need something so that I can make PowerPoint presentations, sometimes edit stuff in Photoshop to crop things. And that's still also different than somebody who's maybe even past both those user cases and is like, I need to be able to do the absolute max because I am rendering, you know, CG scenes for movies. And so what the space that we sit in we are going to be giving those benchmarks to the people comparing 5600X to 5800X. Um, it can be overkill, definitely, for somebody who's just like, I just want to open a simple spreadsheet in Excel, you know? And that's why different machine levels, too, also have different benchmarks. Our laptops that are geared towards general usage, we run PC Mark. We don't, we don't go into, you know, Rainbow Six-type benchmarks. For our actual GPU reviews, we are going to be doing things like that. So it's just really the audience that's coming to find out the information that they want from that review. Yeah. And on the flip side, and on the flip side, like for our gaming laptop reviews, we don't even bother running PC Mark because it it runs good on all of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my argument, though, is people only see bigger bar better, unfortunately. And a lot of people, the narrative they will see is like, damn, look at the bigger bar better. It's like, yeah, that's that's awesome. That really matters if you that's what you do. If you're doing this stuff, you know, don't don't overpay for what you're doing. That's true. But again, it's it's a classic like, you know, Rocket Lake versus, you know, Zen three, Ryzen five thousand. Ryzen five thousand is an awesome part and most people should buy it. And there are some things that Rocket Lake is better at. But that is not what you heard from anybody. And that's not one anybody wanted to accept, right? And that's I think that's to me, I sort of see that because yeah, yeah, it's it's better, but you know, frankly, what you're doing, it doesn't really matter. So, but that's not that's not what everybody wants to talk about. That's not what everybody makes memes about or does the the tweet about. That's it's always about like, holy smokes, you know. That's so. What I'm hearing from all this is you should read PC World reviews so you get the real deal info. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There you go. All right. Well, we got a, we got a couple more we need to get through to get out of here. Uh, $2, uh, Derek Sommer asked, uh, now that we see OLED coming in other resolutions for laptops like 1080p, uh, will we see this moved into 1440p? OLED 1440p. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, I would think, you know, it very much depends on what the, the display makers are making, the panels that, that they're making available to people. It is, I mean, there already were 1440p OLEDs, weren't they? Because it was generally a higher higher resolution kind of feature maybe and especially since there's you know 1440p but you know i mini led is still coming along and i think you know mini and micro could really change things up by the time it gets here Mm -hmm. so i i think it might but it very much depends on 
on all of the display makers making it. But, um, you know, one of the big changes I saw with laptops is it was either 4K or 1080p. And a lot of the, the display makers, and I was always told this because the display makers don't give a damn about, you know, uh, IT, about technology laptops. Over the last couple of years, they really started making displays for, you know, with with the with computers as a priority, not just simply you get the leftovers from TV. And that's changed. So maybe. And now we have a bunch of 1440p gaming laptops. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, 1610. Second to last. Super Chat. Um you're going to have to help me with the name here, uh, Francois Pedun- Pedunel. Oh, Francois. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gave us uh, $5 and said, uh, back on the the benchmark thing, uh, the PC is running out of new usage models. Uh, no more killer apps. The cell phones uh, are not. They they continue to push forward. I so. And for, if for people who don't know, Francois uh, was a longtime inteller. Um He's got a great YouTube channel. Go check it out. Uh, he does uh, stuff about those in a jet for some reason, interestingly, these days. But um, he has a really good point, and I, I agree, and I, I agree with that, and that is, uh, I think that's been a limitation of, frankly, Microsoft being asleep this whole damn time. Frankly, that's where that, that I would blame Microsoft, frankly, for that, because if you think about it, Office it really has been static. I mean, there's really some awesome, it does incredible things. But why the hell are you not making Office so smart? It's doing it for you, right? There's just, there's no reason that you have to use the amount of manual labor to make things work in PowerPoint, in, in Word, in Excel. And I understand why, because it is for professional workforces, but hell, why don't we use the power of, you know, all this machine learning, DL, whatever, AI stuff to just simply make the PC experience better? But we haven't, we haven't seen it. So, you know, gaming is clearly one area where we get it. We are, of course, seeing it pushed. I know Francois has this problem with AVX 512, but we are seeing that sort of really be an advantage for Intel these days with all the all the image processing, and that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so, you know, hopefully we get out of this. But, yeah, it's it's about application. It's about software developers. It's about developers, developers, developers. <laughs> um, that's been a big problem with Windows I think part of it is because Microsoft keeps trying to do new app stores and then radically changing everything and pulling the carpet out every every three years. Like they have not built trust with developers, and so developers have been going to web apps and rival platforms. Yeah, and there, I so mean, it's hard. It's hard to foster innovation when everyone's like, "Is this going to work in three years if I pour a year into developing something for it?" Yeah, and there, I mean, really, but when's the last? You know, and the crazy thing is, somebody at one point like sat down at a spreadsheet and they were like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Right. Mm -hmm. That was like what? 1978 or something like that. It's like in all that time we couldn't do more. I mean, it just, we gotta, you gotta push more, but you know, I don't know how you do it. And maybe the unfortunate thing is maybe it's sort of sailed on us, you know, because it's all about ridiculous things on your phone. Right. It's all about, but those things can be done on the PC. Sometimes I kind of wonder if that's, what Microsoft's endgame is with embracing ARM so hard and trying to basically embrace and extend Android. You know, they're sort of in, embracing Android and applications into the Windows ecosystem. It's like, well, maybe we can get this a rub off so you're now making an, an incredible, you know, rich client for the for a, a PC and not just simply for the phone. So maybe, maybe yep. that's a long game. But, yeah, no, it sucked for a long time. And it just, other than games, right, where have we seen it? But, you know, again, 
Look at Photoshop. You know, I, I know everybody in Photoshop is like, oh, I run Photoshop 5.5 that I bought, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for it every month. I swear to God, like right now, like I, from what I see in Photoshop and what you can do in Photoshop, I really think like, you know what, this is this is worth a 40 bucks a month. And I was that person that like, I'm running Lightroom Classic that I bought for $50. I'm never going to upgrade. <laughs> and you really, they're really like, they have some really, you know, leveraged, you know, AI stuff. Where if, I don't know if you've done it. You can go in and you could take a photo and clip the clouds out easily for you and replace yeah. the clouds with whatever. That's I would all. Agree. Right, yeah. it's all today's, it's all machine learning. It's all server based. Unfortunately, should be creative. Today's creative suite, um, if you're able to afford it, it is so good and at covering for people who have no skills whatsoever. Oh yes, in those apps, and that's what it, it should be, and it is getting there. Adobe is really driving that. I I think Adobe is is one thing that could help because I'm sorry, no one wants to really. I don't want to do it on my phone or tablet, but you know, obviously Apple wants to make everybody do it on their phone and their tablet. Somebody needs to you know, make sure that it, that feature is for the PC, making it, making Photoshop and Premiere. Like it's like, I don't have to be Adam to do incredible stuff. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that that's a really cool feature in, in the PC. So hopefully, but yes, you're right. Nice. Um, <laughs> we got one last super chat, uh, Brett, if you need to pop off, you can, um, I can do one quick. One. All right. Uh, VC Jester, friend of the show, VC Jester gave us $5 earlier and said, we know your stances on Cameron and Scott. Uh, but what is your what is your favorite director, Gordon? Why don't, why don't you go first? You know, I would have to say the for winning like because it's all about winning record or or a couple couple directors. You, you don't have to limit it to one. No, that's fine. Chris Nolan, I think is well. No, no, Michael Mann and Chris Nolan, like they are really like yeah, they have had some stinkers because whatever that last one was, Tenet, Tenet. <laughs> it was like that was the dumbest movie ever. <laughs> that was like it didn't bomb because. This is stupid. I don't need to walk people walking backwards for an hour and a half to make me think that's a good movie. That was a failure, but that was like really. It's for me. It's it's going to be it's going to be uh, Chris Nolan, Michael Mann. Okay, all right. Brad, favorite director? Uh, Michael Bay? No, I'm just kidding. It's not Michael Bay. <laughs> hey, you know, Thirteen Hours is pretty. Good. I, don't, I actually Ridley Scott is it for me. Uh, I don't watch a ton of movies, so I will go with. <laughs> My favorite director is Adam Patrick Murray. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so nice of you. Wow, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> Elena? Uh, can I just plus one, Brad? Because I'm terrible at remembering directors of movies, and so I don't think I could even name a favorite per se. So we'll just go with you being our favorite, Adam. Oh, well, then, Although, yeah, you can go with Willis. You know, give, give Willis a turn, too. Uh, who shot? Who shot? Uh, I really love his name, but I forget the new Mad Max. I really love that. Same one who shot the original Mad Max. Yeah, I can't remember the name right the second. That director, he has he has done many other movies as well, and I like him. George Miller. <laughs> yeah, George Miller. Yes, he did uh, Sin City as well, which I thought was awesome. And yeah, George Miller. I like George Miller. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm really curious what Adam's response is going to be because I've kind of already heard his Stanley thoughts Kruvik. on directors to begin with. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I, it should come as no surprise. My favorite director of all time, uh, Peter Jackson. I'm just kidding. No, he's oh, on yeah, the okay. other end. <laughs> Wrong. Oh, oh, we're, we're, oh, we're doing our favorite. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, my short list, <sighs> Stanley Kubrick, boom, top, yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, second, Christopher Nolan. Third, probably David Lynch. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, man, then, those are all great. I regret not saying one of those. 
<laughs> uh, and then, you know, it, I, I do, I do watch a lot of movies, a lot of independent movies. Uh, the, there are a couple directors I, I want to give a shout out. If you haven't checked them out, uh, Rip, Rick Popko and Dan West, uh, they, they made a couple, uh, made yes. a couple good movies. They were fantastic directors. Uh, I can attest to that. Oh, you were, you, you worked with them? Yes. Yes. I, I did a couple <laughs> movies with them. In fact. Yes. Oh, wait, you're, you're in a couple movies. What is this? I, I was in IMDb ten years ago, man. <laughs> so, so you can IMDb Gordon yeah. Gordon Mon. I think it's on YouTube. No. I actually broke out the original DVD that I, I bought years ago. So, yeah, no, it's. Oh, okay. You know what? There, there's somebody else, uh, a friend of the show, that actually has the movies on DVD too. So, you know, uh, eyes. I will say that Monstered was about ten x better than Eyes Wide Shut too. So that's just. <laughs> And that just like well, you know, hold hold on. It's a, that was a stinker, and I will say that Miami Vice movie, Michael Mann, that was a stinker too. But overall, the over the the, the, the overall, it's it's been pretty good win for Michael Mann and and Chris Nolan. Uh, yeah, I I got I got to say I'm 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 such a a, a fan of of those movies. I, I got I got shirts. Uh, oh my yeah, god, they have that. All I care about is Monstered uh, and maybe like three people in pizza. That's that's the shirt I got, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, this other one, not not super PC, but you know it was on the internet. Single taken, uh, too busy watching retard. retard. He actually yeah. made. Oh, he has merch. I had no idea. I haven't talked to Rick in years. <laughs> so you know, I'm just a big fan. I'm just a big fan. Oh well, you know, and anybody a fan of Boot Magazine from the old days? There's another surprise appearance in Monster that you would have, if you read Boot Magazine, that would be a real treat for you to watch. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to watch for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah anyway that VC Jester was very excited about this uh, he he's been chewing <laughs> on this uh, ever since he found those uh, those YouTube links if if you want to see Gordon acting in a in a movie you should go over to Discord uh, yeah. we should pin that uh, somewhere that's where I got started. <laughs> Where I got started. Yeah, and look look at where you are now. Yeah, on the full nerd. Host of the full nerd. There we go. It's all it's all good. It's all good. All right. <laughs> let's let's get out of here. <laughs> Love it. We we better let Elena and Brad go because they look like we're torturing them now. <laughs> so check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also please leave a review if you're on one of the services. Every time you do Someone will mention Monstered, one of the greatest movies, and 10x better than Eyes Wide Shut. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com or fax it. Might as well. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Do you watch Monsters? Pretty great. Adios. Eleni Yee. I really want to know why it's Eyes Wide Shut is the competition for you. <laughs> I just, because it's sad. It's just sad to like... I mean, the, you look at the, you look at like, wow, the, the, the work that you did. It was with, a rhetorical question. Oh, sorry. The work. I got to go, Gordon. I got to go. He's got to go. And pa- Adam Patrick Murray. <laughs> hey. To end on that, to end on it. It's like Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like he died making that movie. There was. A, oh there yeah. Was a He's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>